Hi, this is Nancy Darling. Welcome to the One Step to Life podcast, talk and tales for folks living with chronic pain and those who love them. Today's episode is When Your Child Says They're in Pain, Believe Them by Nancy Darling. First published March 28th, 2021. All pain is real. Start there. It's invisible. Don't minimize, condescend, or doubt. Okay, so one of the hardest things about invisible illnesses is that they're um, invisible. No one can see them. Only the person who has them knows they exist. The most common chronic pain conditions in children and teens, headache, migraine, gastrointestinal problems, skeletal issues, are trivialized. That's pretty awful. Anyone, anytime, can just call you a liar to your face and say you're exaggerating your pain or using it as an excuse or that the disease that's taken over your life doesn't exist. Disbelief can hit you like a slap in the face. I remember my son coming home from school one day just looking stung. He'd woken up in a huge amount of pain He was supposed to go on an orchestra field trip, and I just told him it wasn't going to happen. There's no way his ears and that violin were going to get anywhere near each other for two hours of playing interspersed with rowdy bus rides. So he made it to school by 11. His orchestra teacher, who he loved, saw him that afternoon, a woman he'd known for five years. She'd stopped him in the hallway, told him he'd faked his pain to get out of the trip. As if. The violin was one of many things my son lost to pain, and that interaction was a turning point for leaving the orchestra. Pain is all in the head. All pain is in your head. We've written repeatedly here about pain physiology. Pain perception occurs in the brain. All pain perception occurs in the brain. You can't tell someone they don't hurt, first because you don't know. Second, because if that's what they say they're experiencing, telling him they don't is calling them a liar. Is that what you intended to do? Point two, don't gaslight. Telling people they don't feel what they tell you that they do makes them doubt themselves and it undermines their trust in you. Are you a better judge of their feelings than they are? Gaslighting undermines both individuals and relationships. In the original 1944 film Gaslight, a man tries to convince his wife she's insane by making her think she can't trust the evidence of her own senses. When you tell someone they don't feel what they tell you they do, you're gaslighting. You are asking them to doubt the reality of what they feel. You are mislabeling their feelings without knowing what those feelings are. As a parent, you're asking them to trust your word over their own experience. Nothing about that interaction is going to help them or help your relationship. Are you wondering what they're really feeling? Have you ever said something like, it can't be that bad? I know I have. Sometimes I say it because it's inconceivable. How can something like gentle light or a quiet sound be causing them extreme pain? How can what looks like a minor injury cause what seems like a very strong reaction? Or how can a headache last for hours or days 
for weeks or months. Sometimes it can't be that bad isn't meant to be a challenge. It's meant to be a statement of disbelief of the world. None of them. But that may not be what it feels like to them when they hear those words. So, if you want to know what someone feels, ask them. Be specific and let them explain. Asking for a description of what they're feeling helps people articulate their feelings. It doesn't cause them to doubt them. Although focusing on pain can make it worse, analyzing sensation can help us understand sensation better and sometimes distance ourselves from it. My son has found several successful treatments by carefully analyzing where pain is occurring, what it feels like, and what triggers it. Analyzing pain can be particularly helpful if uh, you're good at explaining your feelings, but some people aren't. Let me give you an example. My dad was really bad at articulating sensations caused by poor circulation, which made his issues hard to treat. When you asked him specifically um, to describe what he was feeling, pain wasn't actually the right word for what he felt, even though that's what he called it. It was more like an intolerable itching sensation. When he articulated that, it allowed his doctor to learn more about what he was feeling and help them better think about how to approach it. Asking for more information didn't cast doubt on the reality of what he felt. It asked him to explain something that only he knew. It put him in the position of expert. Point three, and this is an important one. Denying pain forces people to prove it to you. Most people keep going despite their pain. They hide it. Telling them that you don't believe them because they look fine forces them to not look fine. That makes pain worse. This is one of the most important points I want to make. Many people in pain work hard to hide it. As my son always says, I'm not faking being sick, I'm faking being well. His principal used to say he wasn't doing that, that very well either. People working hard to function and working hard to hide their pain can still be in pain. That's why it's called an invisible illness. If you don't let them tap out or rest, or if you deny they're in pain because they don't look like it, what are you telling them? I won't believe you unless you look the part. Show me your pain. Moan. Stop trying. Complain. Stay in bed. Then I'll know you're really sick. The less you trust their voice, the more they are forced to spell it out for you, to talk louder. By not believing what they say, you're teaching them to act hurt in order to be believed. Final point. Consistently affirming people's feelings lets them do more because they know you've got their back. Attachment theory is one of the foundational theories that helps us understand individual differences in how people react to the world. Virtually everyone becomes attached, but we don't all become attached the same way. People with different attachment styles approach the world differently. Attachment is what keeps babies close to one or more others, usually close to parents and siblings and other important adults, people who make them feel safe. Interestingly, when those babies go to people who respond consistently to them by being there, protecting them, and responding to their needs, 
these babies become more independent, not less. Yes, you read that right. The more consistent support babies receive, the more independent they become. Attachment theory posits that being around others who provide a safe haven, a safe place to retreat to when we're scared, allows us to explore more and take more risks. We build a view of the world as safe and a place where we can count on the people we love. So what does attachment have to do with pain? Although I've done a number of studies on adolescent attachment, I have never seen a study looking at the relationship between attachment and responses to pain. What I have read is that people who are securely attached, who believe they can count on others and are comfortable being close, are better able to ask for the help they need, better able to cope with negative emotions, and better able to work through their fear and keep on going. Those all seem like important attributes for coping with chronic pain to me. So, bottom line, believe. Believing others when they tell you they are in pain tells them that they can count on you, helps them feel safe, which reduces pain, supports your relationship, and helps them keep going because they know that they can count on your help when they need it. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and check out our website at onesteptolife.com. That's number one, step number two, life.com. I also invite you to look at our app. You can find us on the App Store or on Google Play. Thanks for listening. Bye.